Good to have you back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Beautiful Wednesday coming up tonight, 6 to 8. We are going to be uh, bringing you the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up tonight. Football-centric, NFL-centric, Packers-centric. Going to bring you everything out of Green Bay as the Packers get back on the practice field today. Getting ready to take on the Kansas City Chiefs coming up on Sunday night. We'll also hear from Mike Clemens a little bit later on tonight as well. Uh, don't forget, coming up on December 13th, Wednesday, December 13th, only a few weeks away, we are going to be in Viroqua at the Norwegian Hollow. Looking forward to that. So if you're in the area, whether you're in Lacrosse or Westby, if you're in Viroqua, if you're in Kickapoo, anywhere in that area, come on down and say hello, Lacrosse. And we're going to be there uh, with the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up on Wednesday night, December 13th. We're traveling to Viroqua, Wisconsin. I, I look forward to that because I love the downtown getting ready for uh, Christmas, and I love all the craft shops. So I'm going to do a little bit of that on that Tuesday night when we get into town. But uh, looking forward to it. So heading into town, into Viroqua on Wednesday night, December 13th. We will see you there. Now, I'm partial, Bill, uh, but I will stump for that corner of the state. There's so many people in Wisconsin who've never been to Viroqua, never been south of La Crosse or that corner. It's you don't feel like you're in Wisconsin anymore. And I know you have a golf outing. It's the coolest corner of the state. And I'm jealous that you get to go. I'll be back in studio. I'll experience it through you. But I'm jealous. It's uh, I I will take a lot of pictures, but it's just a great little town. Uh, I just always have enjoyed it out there. And, you know, I don't even know if we're doing the golf outing this year. To be honest with you, I don't know if we're doing that. But um, it was a success last year. We sold out, which was just awesome. But uh, I just I love walking the downtown streets, and there's a lot of new places that they've built and new hotels and new bars and uh, a few new, you know, really nice higher end. There's a wine bar down there, Twisted Hickory's a nice wine bar down there. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, Gasser's and a couple of the other, you know, traditional bars that have been there for a while, Norwegian Hollow and stuff. So I, I, I'm looking forward to getting out there for sure, no doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and give us a shout. So, uh, Grant, uh, you know, look, this year, not going to happen. Next year is when they expand. Uh, the uh, BCS expands. This layout, and we were talking about this going back to the last hour, so if you're just now joining us on the network, uh, it's one, two, three, four. Uh, Georgia, number one. Michigan, number two. Uh, Wisconsin. Walk, uh, Washington is number three. And then Florida State is number four. Number five is Oregon. Number six is Ohio State. Number seven is Texas. Number eight, Alabama. Number nine, Missouri. Number 10 is Penn State. Number 11 is Ole Miss. And number 12 is the Green Wave of Tulane. Those 12 teams would be in a championship playoff. Would you be in favor of all of that, 12 teams heading towards a championship? Are you, do you like that, what they're laying out now? I don't like the expanded playoffs. I understand. Really? I understand why they're going to be fun and why it's going to be entertaining and why it's going to be like the playoff will be great. But my problem is like, why do I have to watch college football before the playoff starts? You know what I mean? Why do I have to? Because yeah. all, the, all the good teams are going to make it anyways. So what, what are the stakes? You know, why, why does Alabama, Tennessee on a Saturday night like last year? Why that game won't have the same weight, won't have the same meaning. So I, I can just wait until the playoff starts and those playoff games will be great. But I think a lot of the big premier matchups from early October all the way through rivalry weekend, they're going to lose a little bit of value, and I'll be less. Would you rather? To watch. Would you rather go to six? If you say okay, your your six teams would be number one Georgia and number two Michigan have a bye, and then you would play the other teams. The other four teams would play. So do you go to six teams? Would that be better to have a bye for Georgia, have a bye for Michigan? 
And then you would have Washington and Florida State. They would play the lesser team. So Washington would play the sixth team, which would be Ohio State, and Florida would play the fifth team, which would be Oregon. And then the winners would then advance against Michigan and against Georgia. I would prefer six to 12. I'm honestly fine with four. I I know it sounds lame. I I think part of the fun of college football is that it's messy and that it's imperfect. And I I know it's hard to tell a fan base who thinks they should get in and they don't get in. It's difficult to tell them, you know, too bad, so sad. But I think that's part of the fun. I I, I genuinely think that's part of the the inconsistency and the messiness and the, well, them's the breaks. Like, sorry, Florida State, you're not getting in. I think that's part of the fun. I like that. I love the fact that the Greenway with Tulane would be there. There, Let's face it. There's not there's not many teams out of lesser conferences that are going to get in. You know what I mean? Um, look, Look at look at what the rankings are. Just look at the top 10. Georgia, SEC. Michigan, Big Ten, Washington, Pac-12, Florida State, ACC, Oregon, Pac-12, Ohio State, Big Ten, Texas, moving over to the SEC, coming out of the Big 12, Alabama, SEC, Missouri, SEC, Penn State, Big Ten. That's it. You don't get anything else until you get down to, like, the green wave of Tulane. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I personally, you got one at large that would be out there. And which is a, a, a conference winner out of the big five. And then you would have the rest fill in. And, and I, I love the fact that an underdog would be there. I think there's always something to be said for the, that's the reason we love college basketball in the tournament. Cause it's 64 teams and Cinderella can dance right into the final four. And we love it. We, we just get enthralled by it. Loyola Chicago had our hearts. UWM had our hearts. I mean, it all that kind of stuff. Sister Jean, you know, I still remember when UWM won their Horizon League tournament to put them into the, the, the tournament that year when Bruce Pearl was coaching them and Sandy Botham was the women's coach and she was sitting right behind me going, going nuts and when they won, comes leaping over the, the, the railing behind us and crashing into the media table and the onslaught was on and the students followed and, you know, there was that on the court because it was the underdog that was actually going to get into the NCAA tournament and have an opportunity in which they played extremely well down to a Sweet 16. I, I love the underdog capability. At least they're there and represented as opposed to, you know, just going Big Ten and SEC. And, and really, when you start to look at it, even the Pac-12, I mean, what do you do with the Pac-12 after everybody vacates the Pac-12? It's going to be really not much of a conference. So uh, I, I whatever's left. I'm with you on Tulane. I'm with you on the underdog. But I think those teams have been represented, not necessarily in the playoff. And I know, you know, Tulane or, or UCF is a good example. Like they made mm-hmm. the Peach Bowl that year. They went undefeated and they played an awesome game, a New Year's right. Six Bowl game with Auburn. It's like that's to me, that's great representation. I don't want to waste four of or one of the four premium prime I, I'm a blue chipper like I think those spots should yeah. go to the top tier programs and UCF going to a New Year's Six Bowl and matching up in a fun game with an uncommon opponent out of the SEC that's fine with me I I'm I, I understand I don't agree not everyone's going to agree that's how I feel that college football is is best I'm fine with remember it now. remember when um when Cincinnati made it when Luke Fickle was there and everybody said they have no business being there get them out of there they're going to get destroyed and they didn't they had a shot at winning that game. They, I mean, they didn't win, but they had a shot at winning that game. They were well represented, and they they very much deserved to be there. But 
you know, had they said, ah, you know, they're, they're not from a big conference. They're not, you know, they're, they're not one of those that should actually be there. They never would have gotten there, but they got voted there by what they did on the field. And they did have some big wins throughout the season because they scheduled some better opponents and their, their, uh, you know, their, their RPI was better, but I, I just love having the underdog there. If they get beat, they get beat. Okay. So, so be it, you know, but I love having the underdog there. Would you be, would you be happier with eight? Would eight satisfy eight teams instead of 12? Well, it's never going to, it's never going to be perfect. That That's the thing. It's never going to be perfect. We're never going to reach a number where it's like, there we go. Every team with a chance is in. So we can, you know, four, six, eight, whatever. I, I, I just never think it's going to be, it's an imperfect sport. And I think the fun mm-hmm. of college football is in that imperfection. So I'm fine I with four. You want to six or eight. I don't really care. I still think. The expanded playoffs for the NA, for the NFL season, they said it was going to water down the season, and it hasn't. It's made it more exciting because of all the teams that get on the bubble. They did the same thing with baseball, and they said it's never going to be the same because everybody gets in. The NBA, the NBA is more top-heavy. We know that. It's more about seeding than it is about actually getting all the teams that are in there. But you've seen some teams like a Miami who went on a run and, and has performed extremely well, and they didn't have a great regular season, and all of a sudden, you know, they're off and running come the postseason and knocking down the Giants. So, But we knew they were going to be a good team. NBA is a little bit different because it's so top-heavy. But college football, I, I, when you say it'll take away from the games at the end of the season, like an Iron Bowl, like the, the traditional games will always be there, but like uh, an Alabama-Tennessee or something like that, it may – but it'll also put more of a spotlight on what a team like, say, Louisville is doing or LSU or Arizona or, you know, does Iowa get that last win to, you know, what, either go 10-2 and two or 11-1? and one. Do, Can they do that? A team like Notre Dame on the outside looking in, sitting at number 17 at 9-3 and three in the season. If Notre Dame gets that extra win, will that extra game that Notre Dame plays, will that put them in? Uh, I think it may – pretty much be decided for the top five or six but those seven through 12 to 14 15 16 there's a lot to be gained in those games by the shuffling that could go on via the via the voters so i i don't know i i I think wherever i agree with you about the top stuff going into the weekend uh you know ohio state michigan the ohio state michigan game is a prime example because the winner is in the loser is on the outside looking in now needing help. So there's so much that was riding on that game. And that that was a side note to what is already a heated rivalry. So that that was good in so many different cases. But I think it would also give us a lot more interest for some of those mid-level games uh, to the end of the season as to who may or may not get in. And, I, you know, again, uh, you put a team like Tulane in there, I, I get kind of giddy about that. I'm looking at – Tulane saying, "Hey, can they can they actually knock somebody off? Could could they get a win and they knock off a high-powered Oregon offense?" So, that would be that would be the excitement for me. That would be the must-watch TV. Well, we we talked about it on my show the other night and someone made the point. One of my callers said, "Well, if the if it's a 12-team playoff, then that Iowa Nebraska game on Friday, that means something, right? Cuz I was right. fighting for a chance in the playoffs." And then another listener basically said, "Well, I was going to get killed by a real team in their first. so no, it still doesn't really matter. Like sure they'll get in and they'll get the the label and the accomplishment of getting into a 12-game playoff, but the end result will be, you know, Iowa losing to a blue chipper." And the end result won't be, you know, that much different. So I, right. I don't know. Now, here's another thing to consider. If you say are Tulane and, or you're one of the teams on the outside of the top four, you are now playing that extra game 
which would, if you play the extra game to play one of the top four, the extra, then you'd have to beat one of the top four to go to the, the, the finals, and then you play the finals. I mean, you'd tack on four games to the end of a 12-game schedule. So you're playing sixteen a 16-game season, which that's a lot of football. You know, I mean, uh, you know, the NFL expanded to 17, and uh, look at the blowback they got there because they got paid extra for it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of money at stake, but would you then – like the SEC does that at the end of the season, would you take away one of the cupcake weeks? Would you make it an uh, instead of a twelve game season? Would you make an eleven game season, and then add the four games to the tournament at the end of the season to make it a fifteen game season? That's, but nobody's going to do that because of money, because you're not going to do that for everybody, and and you're only doing it for the top team. So anyway, it's whether or not they would want them to play a full sixteen game season if indeed you are one of the teams out of the top four that don't get the buy then you would have to play that extra game. So it, it's just it's a lot of it's a lot of good fodder. A lot of stuff to talk about. I like it. I'm always for more competition and more of a, a bigger tournament. I also think part of the fun of college football, like you said, it's good fodder. I think part of the fun of college football is screaming at each other over which four teams should get yes. in. Because there's never yeah. enough room to get every good team in. And I think again, I think that's fun. But I have not got like TCU a couple years ago. TCU was in and then they they won that big game on on conference championship weekend and then the committee decided to rip them out that would suck i've never gone through that so maybe if i had that experience i would i would be pro expanded playoff but yeah it's kind of now you you look at the top eight teams they are either undefeated or one loss you know so what, what you're you're also telling teams is you take two losses you're done you don't even have a shot where let's say you know, the argument then becomes, well, the loss they had was because they didn't have, say, their quarterback. And they took one bad loss, and then he came back and played great the rest of the season or something like that. You know, whatever. And, you know, because now you got conference championships, too. So you got the 12 games regular season. Although, are they doing away with the conference championships? See, I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do with, with all these when things. They, when they get into all of this other stuff, the bull stuff, that's the other question. Because, like right now, you would then be playing again this coming week if they're getting rid of the – well, if they get rid of the divisions and the top two teams in each conference play, like you look at Ohio State-Michigan, they'd be playing again this week in, in Indianapolis. Because Ohio State is, is the one-loss team that's ranked higher and would be right behind Michigan, who's undefeated. And the only loss that Ohio State had was obviously to Michigan. So they would play again this week. Once you get rid of the divisions. Good fodder. I like that stuff. I say go to go to eight teams or ten. I don't know if twelve, you know, but I do like to see underdogs. I really do. Just to get, give them a shot. You know, make it make a team like you know, UCF when they went undefeated and proclaimed themselves the national champions. You know, give them a shot. You know, a, a team like Tulane or a team, you know, another a different team. Give them a shot. I, I don't. I don't mind having them. Had to get in. Uh, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to uh, hit us up and chime in? You can. Packers back in the practice field today. Brewers considering spending some gaish. I kid you not. 
Brewers are going to spend some cash, and we'll talk about that as well. Coming up a little bit later on today, Mark Schofield, about 45 minutes from now, we'll talk about the entire NFL with him as well. This portion of the program brought to you, buddy, Mikey Whitcomb at Exit Realty. If you're in the 5, 6, 7, 8 county area over near Milwaukee, give him a call. Uh, whether it's buying a house, selling a house, or trying to find your first home, whatever it happens to be, 414-243-1976. He's the guy that got me into my house and worked his ass off to do it. Uh, a lot of back and forth, and was just fantastic. He's a biker. He's brutally honest, but that's what you want because you want to know the guy that's fighting for you is the guy that's brutally honest with you so you know where you stand. But all of that good good, good stuff, good qualities come from Mikey Whitcomb. 414-243-1976. Exit Realty, 414-243-1976. 414-243-1976. Exit Realty and Mikey Whitcomb. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Welcome back. Bill Michaels show continuing on on his Wednesday edition. Wednesday edition. Mark Schofield uh, talking to some from SB Nation. Coming up after the uh, the top of the next hour, we'll talk with him about uh, the NFL and kind of run through it as we start to head into the uh, last third of the season. Basically, uh, what, a month and a week left? You know, five, six games left, and that's all she wrote coming out of this season. So the last third, we're down the home stretch now, making the final turn. And so uh, we'll talk with Mark about, you know, the jockeying for position, what's going on, coaches on the hot seat, all of that stuff, all of that stuff. Speaking of that, this is from Jake. Jake says, uh, hey, unit, with the win in Detroit, does that take Matt LaFleur off the hot seat? And what about Joe Barry? We talked a little bit about this yesterday. Thanks for the email. By the way, he's listening to us in Cudahy. Um, I don't think Matt LaFleur was ever really on the hot seat. I mean, if things would have continued to go bad and maybe the locker room was lost, maybe. But I don't think Matt LaFleur was ever really significantly on the hot seat. I think it was maybe a blurb or a mention. But I, there's a lot of other coaches throughout the National Football League, I think, that are on hot seats rather than, than uh, Matt LaFleur. I think I'll say this. Depending on what happens at the end of the season, I think Mike McCarthy's more on the hot seat than Matt LaFleur is. I mean, they they believe in Dallas that 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 this that, you know the Seahawks on the road taking the Cowboys tomorrow night. Um, they that's 
Dallas believes they're ready to win a championship. If he doesn't get them at least to an NFC championship game, Mike McCarthy might lose his job. So you bringing this up got me thinking. I have a list of NFL head coaches. Which seats are the hottest? If you think Mike McCarthy, okay. let's let's talk about this. Who do, who do you okay. think is going into this postseason or the end of the year? Who do you think is under the most pressure? Oh, the most pressure would be, I think Mike McCarthy. Really? Yeah, I think Mike McCarthy. Um, you know, I I think McDermott in Buffalo. I think he's on a hot seat. Agreed. Okay. Um, But the expectations, you could say, if let's say Buffalo does not make the postseason, I think McDermott's gone. If Dallas does not get to at least an NFC championship game, barring some kind of collapse because of injury or something, I think Dallas and Mike McCarthy are on the hot seat. I think Eberflus is gone down in Chicago. Um. Frank Reich, or Vrabel, I should say. Vrabel in Tennessee, I think, is on the hot seat. He's probably dead man walking at this point. I think uh, Staley for the Chargers, unless they get into the postseason and they actually do something, I think he's gone at the end of the season. That's probably the most significant, and maybe Washington and and Ron Rivera. Well, they're – there are differences here, right? Like if the the burden of proof for McCarthy is to get to a conference championship game or at the very least lose a really competitive game with the Eagles or right. the Niners, right? Right. Rivera, I think, is just cooked because there's a new owner. He hasn't really done anything after Cam Newton's yeah. MVP year. So there, there's levels to this, right? I don't think that McDermott and the Bills are making the playoffs. Like they're not getting in there. Same with Staley and the Chargers. I, I just yeah. think it's it's too far gone for both teams. Yeah, I uh, and then the other one that we haven't even mentioned is Bill Belichick. There has to be a hard conversation between him and Robert Kraft at the end of the season that says, in my opinion, if I'm Robert Kraft, I say, Bill, I want you here to break the record. I want to do everything I can to support you and help you break the record. But you are done as the general manager of this team. You certainly can have a say. You can certainly have an opinion. You can certainly try to sway a new general manager. But when it and Bill Belichick may look at it as I'm, I think he's what seventy years old, seventy one years old. Correct me if I'm wrong. How old is Bill Belichick? Seventy one, I think. I looked it up. Seventy one. Um, at seventy one years old, is some guy coming in at thirty five or forty going to tell Bill Belichick what's best for that team? Can Bill Belichick put the ego aside enough to say, okay, you know, man, it's a tough job to go out and find all this talent. Look, you, you know, let the scouts and the scouting department, and the GM, do that job. Let me just coach the team. Maybe Bill Belichick does swallow his pride and do that if he still has some kind of input and say. But I that that has to be a conversation. Bill Belichick has done nothing talent-wise in any of the specialty areas or quarterback to make that team better. I he just it, it's Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator was the day they made that announcement. I thought, my God, what a mistake! Just what a, you should have just kept the second year of of uh, what's-his-face, uh, the big bearded guy that was a defensive coordinator before he became an offensive coordinator. So who used to be the head coach? I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, Matt, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, <laughs> yes. You know, why in the hell they made him the offensive coordinator, I have no idea. But that basically ruined Mac Jones. You know, when they, and Josh McDaniel's out on the open market. Bring Josh McDaniel back. Bring him back again. Just say, look, Josh, you're never going to be a head coach. You suck. You just absolutely positively suck. But you're a good play caller. So if all you have to do is worry about the offense, 
We'll do that. Because when Mac Jones had his best year, it was when Bill Belichick and, and Josh McDaniel were working with him on being a better signal caller. And he actually had a pretty good season. And you thought, boy, this was one of Bill Belichick's best coaching deals. You know, not just going back to Drew Bledsoe and building him up and getting him to a Super Bowl and Tom Brady and such, and then the takeoff from there. But I thought when when the exodus happened, Tom Brady left, and they bring in Mac Jones, and they, they come within a game of going to the postseason. I'm like, man, what a great coaching job he did. And you just thought, boy, this is just going to get better. And instead, crash and burn. Crash and burn. So. You know, you, you brought up McCarthy. We, we talked coaches yesterday. Every coach has different strengths and weaknesses. They're all they're all different. They all have different specialties and, and strengths and weaknesses. Something that I've been right. really impressed with McCarthy, and it's something that I think he lost a bit at the end in Green Bay, is his willingness to go out and get assistants who are successful and to surround himself with coaches that might be threatening, yeah. like good coaches that, that you know, coaches, they want guys who, you know, are going to have their back. But to, to have um, Dan Quinn run, I mean, Dan Quinn is head coach material. And John Fossil, right, for special teams. And Al Harris. Al Harris is going to be a defensive coordinator in this league. What he's done, he's a, yeah. he's a defensive uh, backs coach in Dallas. All those guys are great. Like, McCarthy has put together a staff. And yep. we don't talk about that enough as a coaching skill, like play calling or timeout usage, you know? Yep. No, completely agree. And uh, Rick just said Big Mike's got Dak Prescott playing uh, really, really well. Here's the one thing about Dallas when you look at their schedule, the teams that they're dump trucking. Uh, Their win is over the Giants and the Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Rams, the Giants, the Panthers, and the Commanders. Their losses are to the Eagles, the 49ers, and to the Cardinals. Cardinals was a kind of a fluke thing. They have not beaten a team with a winning record yet. The Seahawks come up on Thursday night, tomorrow night. Then the Eagles, then the Bills, then the Dolphins, then the Lions, and they end with the Commanders. They have got a juggernaut to end with. That is a gauntlet, man. So they got Seattle above 500, Eagles above 500, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, all good teams to end with the Commanders. So now you're going to find out what what Dallas actually is because their losses were to the Eagles 28-23. They got dump trucked. I mean dump trucked by the 49ers 42-10. That was when Dak was going back to being Dak, throwing some picks and looking bad. And then the Cardinals 28-16, they got beat. So now we'll find out. Because that's been the knock on Mike McCarthy this season was, look, you're beating the hell out of bad teams, which is what you're supposed to do. It's like you're supposed to apologize for getting a really good win over a bad team. That's what you're supposed to do. But now here comes the gauntlet that you're going to have to run. So Big Mac, uh, yes, he's got Dak playing well. But let's see what Dak does against teams above 500 with better than average defenses. 877-867-1670. 867-1670, you want to find us. Uh, when we come back, I got a story for you I want you to pay attention to, and I, it's, it's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you about it. it it's a, kind of a travesty, and it happened, but uh, they need some help, and I, they need your help. So if you could just kind of hang out for the commercial break and pay attention to what we got going on coming up next, stay tuned. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right now. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. you back the bill michael show continues on 
Our friends at the uh, Irish Cultural Heritage Center reminding you they got a lot of great stuff coming up. And I want to tell you a quick story. And I'll post this on uh, all the different platforms as well. But on Thanksgiving, uh, while we were all enjoying our families and our friends and our football, uh, the ICHC, which is a complete nonprofit, uh, hackers got into their account and stole all of their money. The Irish Cultural Heritage Center's bank account uh, was hacked, and a lot of money was uh, taken. Now, a good portion of the operating budget now gone. They, they don't have any money. There's, there's no money for some of the funding that they need. And like I said, it's, it's a nonprofit. Uh, they just kind of hold the funds until their next, you know, kind of bills come due and they pay the bills and so on and so forth. Uh, now, all is not lost because eventually they're going to be able to retrieve some of, if not all, the money via the banking system. But in the meantime, they don't have an operating budget. The investigation into a theft like this can take 90 days, more, anywhere from three months, six months, whatever. And again, they don't have any money. They're out. It was tapped. And with the holidays right around the corner and with all that they do during the holidays, whether it's community support, some of the concerts they put on to raise money, uh, they need your help to continue moving forward. So if you can find it within yourself to make any kind of a donation, uh, as Corey Webster and the gang at the uh, ICHC State, it would be completely heartfelt appreciated. Uh, and if you want to make a donation, and it doesn't matter, they know – you know, when they came to me, they said, hey, look, we know this time of year it's really hard to part with extra funds. Um, but any help is help. And they said you can donate by going to ICHC.net slash donate. That's ICHC.net slash donate. Again, ICHC.net slash donate. It's the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. They put on so many concerts, so many Christmas concerts. But the bands that come in, they got to get paid. Uh, like we're what we're doing on this program, we're doing it free. We're doing it for free. Uh, the, their advertising budget was up. We were supposed to renegotiate a contract, as a matter of fact. And so I said, no. You know, something like this happens. You got to take care of those who take care of you. So we're doing all of this uh, non gratis, uh, just trying to help out. Uh, you know, somebody in the community. But ichc.net/slash/donate. That's ichc.net slash donate and anything helps them just kind of keep up and running until they can finally get their their money back um and just you know hackers hack accounts we all understand that but they, they hacked a, a, a non-profit i mean it's like god people are just some people are just scum you know they just are uh and it's a faceless crime that's the that's the worst part about it so now they got to go track it down but, again, go to ICHC.net slash donate. That's ICHC.net slash donate. So anything you can do, uh, as Corey and the gang say, it would be heartfelt appreciated. He said that over and over, heartfelt appreciation. So there you go. 877-867-1670. We are talking about coaches that are on the hot seat. And, boy, that's a – uh, and, and, again, it goes back to the email before was asking, you know, now that uh, Matt LaFleur got the win over Detroit, does that take Matt LaFleur off the hot seat? I don't think Matt LaFleur was really on the hot seat, as I had stated. So I would I would most likely uh, believe that, uh, if if anything, you could maybe say the win over Detroit and what's gone on over the last three, four, five weeks, keeping them in ballgames, it may have taken Joe Barry off the hot seat. 
you know? May have taken Joe Barry off. The, do you think Joe Barry's still on the hot seat, Grant? Probably not. No. <laughs> we do this every year where yeah. we get so frustrated. We hate him. His defense sucks. And then in the final two months of the season, they start to pull it together and actually play okay. Yeah. I... I don't know if he's on the hot seat or not. I really don't. I I still think that they're looking over the fence, and we've found enough flaws that you could say there's legitimacy there if you do want to make a change. But you can't deny with all the, the guys in the secondary that have been out that they have played better. And maybe it's just another year of guys getting indoctrinated, the young guys starting to progress, getting it. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I know one thing that whenever the defense gives up a touchdown, everybody screams that Joe Barry's got to go. But at the end of the game, when you start looking at, uh, you know, the, the score, so to speak, and the defensive rankings for the Packers, they lost 34-20 to against the Lions. That was a bad loss. I admit that. Raiders, 17-13. Offense didn't do anything. Denver lost 19-17. Offense didn't do anything. Vikings, 24-10. Offense didn't really do anything. That game wasn't even really that close. Steelers, they lost 23-19. Wasn't that close. But the defense held the Rams to three, held the Chargers to 20, and held the Lions to 22. I, I don't know how you argue with that as a whole right now. And when you look at some of the uh, some of the rankings that are out there, now granted, when it comes to yards per game, Packers still, uh, they're not, you know, top 15. They're like on 18, 19, something like that. Uh, but when you look at points per game and where the Packers are at, they have steadily climbed. They have steadily climbed. They're top 10. That's, I mean, that's the number. 20, you know, 20.4 points per game is what they're giving up. That's the number. And you get... Point four points, you move that point four points, and all of a sudden you're looking at uh, seventh or eighth best, seventh best in the National Football League. And, and everybody considers Cleveland to be a top-notch defense, to be a Super Bowl-winning defense. Nobody will argue that. They're giving up 19 points a game. 1.4 points more per game is where the Green Bay Packers are at. They're divided by, uh, like, point two between Minnesota, New Orleans, Green Bay, Tennessee, a good defense. Jacksonville, a good defense. Tampa Bay, a decent defense. But that's where they're at. They're top 10 in points per game. I, I don't know. <coughs> excuse me. I don't know if you can argue with that. Because the offense, had, and, and think about all the times that they were losing the time of possession throughout the season because the offense wasn't getting the job done early on and could not score in the first half of ball games. Right? So, I, you know, Wolfman says the defense functioning as a rotation has worked. The same offense without uh, with the rotating wide receivers competition has bred success. And do you give credit to Joe Barry? You say, look, things are working. Uh, you're not going to mess with it. Randy says, so the stats are better than the eye test. Um, they have had bad tackling performances, Randy. What – and, okay, so the eye test. Let me ask you this because I look at it as the defense has been on the field. Now, although the time of possession has started to level back out, but the defense has been on the field specifically in the first part of the season way too much. And they weren't giving up more than 20 points per game throughout a stretch. So what to the eye test looks so bad? 
I mean, if you were going to pick on the defense, Grant, what would you pick on? Missed tackles, uh, soft fronts against the run, just some schematic things. The same issues we've had for the last two or three defensive coordinators, you know? But I I also think, Bill, that we've probably overestimated the talent on this defense the last couple of years. That's possible, too. And if they can't tackle and they can't cover, Joe Barry can only do so much. Right. Uh, So that's that's a Brian Gutekind's point as well. I also think it's important to remember the Packers are playing, what, a a third-place schedule this year? So they are not matching up against Dallas, Philly, San Francisco every other week. They've they've played yeah. a lot of below average offenses. So when we talk about points per game, we got to factor that in too. Yeah. Uh let me we'll come back to that. So to the eye test, do does the de- has the defense gotten better? Do you give Joe Barry credit or to the eye test you still say no, it's a fail? That that it would be bad enough that you would it would cost Joe Barry his job in your opinion. And I know there's a lot of skewed opinions out there. I understand it. But I want to I want to ask that question. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hey, if you're looking for a stocking stuffer uh, for somebody with a need for speed, Great Lakes Dragaway. That's down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Season passes for 2024. They're on sale right now. 262-302-2138. If you haven't talked about drag strips, if you haven't talked about getting the need for speed, whether it's motorcycles, dragsters, cars, the old souped-up models, whatever it happens to be, or rate, running your own, Check out GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com because they got the 2024 season passes on sale cheap right now. Right now. Check it out. GreatLakesDragaway.com. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Everywhere you look, from groceries to utilities to gas, prices keep going up. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin can dramatically help lower your energy costs year-round by replacing drafty windows and doors in as little as six weeks. And now you can save even more by taking advantage of no interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Bring the love of Wisconsin's outdoors in through the beauty and quality craftsmanship of Pella Windows and Doors. Whether you're updating or upgrading the look and comfort of your home, Pella has extensive lines of customizable options to meet your needs and your budget. Replacing drafty windows and doors can dramatically lower your energy costs. Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin offers some of the most energy efficient windows in the industry. 0% interest and no down payment for up to 36 months when you order by November 30th. Set your free in-home consultation today at PellaWI.com. Good to have you back. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. Want to hear from you. So we, we started talking about coaches that are on the hot seat. And we all understand that as to where they're at. And so you start thinking about you know, coordinators, and then it kind of, you know, because the question was, do you think that Matt LaFleur is no longer on the hot seat? And I said, I don't think Matt LaFleur was ever on the hot seat, to be perfectly honest with you. So now that, um, uh-oh, breaking news, is this what we have? 
that it's been confirmed. Robert Sala has said Aaron Rodgers is now cleared for functional football activity. Functional, which means I guess physically he can start doing a few things. Functional, physical, football activity. There you go. Breaking news, Aaron Rodgers can come back if he chooses to do so. Um, But with the coaching question, do you think that Joe Barry and what's gone on with the Packers, and defensively speaking, has kind of pulled himself off of the hot seat? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You think he's kind of pulled himself off of the hot seat? I do. To be perfectly honest with you, first of all, let me say this. I do. I do think that right now, if you're going to make a decision, like if the season ended today, would you or would you not get rid of Joe Barry? I don't I don't think Joe Barry's going anywhere. I just don't. Um, this is from got a call from Kingston, Jamaica. <laughs> what the hell? Um, warmer weather is calling. There you go. No kidding. Can yeah, we go to Jamaica? Kingston. Let's broadcast live from Jamaica. Why not? Maybe it's a radio station in Jamaica wanting to carry the program. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. Lakefront, Jamaica. To the riverfront, well beyond the borders, as you say. International yeah. borders. I know, right? Kingston, Jamaica. Oh, we, we'll do a show there. You mentioned Hell Joe yeah. Barry. I just feel like yeah. we got to get out of this cycle of we want the D.C. fired. Actually, the D.C.'s okay. We have some young, exciting players and a couple guys who we really like, and then we just do it all over again the next year. And the result right. never gets any better. It never looks any different. I, I, I don't know. We're in such a cycle, and it's been this way for probably, what, 10 years now, Bill? feels like for 10 years we've been doing this at least. I go back to and I can't remember who said it. So I, but you're you're 100 correct. Um, who said? I want to give him credit. Uh, God, I, I got to go find it. But somebody had said to me, the uh, the eyeball test in regards to the eyeball. Oh, there it is. Randy. Randy said it. So the stats are better than the eye test. My question is this: They're top ten in scoring. When it comes to scoring defenses, they give up a ton of yards against the rush, but against the pass, they're really good. And they're getting better now with that uh, Rashawn Gary is back and healthy. Devondre Campbell is back. They've had Quay Walker in and out. And Preston Smith is starting to come on. So they've been better with pressure, which is exactly what Brian Gudekins wanted. He wanted more pressure on the quarterbacks. The turnovers are starting to come. So with uh, against the run, not great. Tackling hasn't been good, admittedly. But against the pass, pressure via the pass, they're one of the top seven teams in football. But to the eye test, is it a top 10 defense? David says it's a bend, but don't break defense. Uh, Tom uh, Thomas says of the run D against good teams at times. It's a tomato can schedule. It's really not. I mean, you can only face – you say it every year. Oh, they faced an easy schedule. Oh, this guy got hurt. Oh, they're not at full strength. Oh, they don't have this. Oh, they don't have that. You know, uh, and, and admittedly, they played – look, you know, I, somebody just said, well, they lost to the Steelers. The Steelers are a plus 500 team. They're, the Steelers are beating a lot of teams. 
They're doing it just in different ways. They're not running up scores and, and winning in shootouts, but they're beating teams. They're figuring it out. They know their strength is an offense, so their defense has been very, very, very opportunistic and given their offense more bites at the apple and deep in opponent's territory. So they've been good that way. So it, to the eyeball test, no. I don't think they're a top-10 defense. But David says this team hasn't tackled well for 10 years. Tackling in the NFL is a lost art. I like Valentine. Valentine's a tackler. I like it. Angabari's a hitter. I like it. Some of these guys haven't been in the league long enough to have an injury to say, okay, don't tackle that way. Like a Jair who just launches himself at people and hopes, for, hopes somebody trips over him, you know. But Jair not being, in the, not being there, Rasul being traded away, Rudy Ford's been banged up. I mean, your starting secondary has been pretty much out all season long, and you've been doing it with backups. You know, Owens is a tackler. Good point. Wolfman says Owens is good. That's another guy likes to hit. Even Darnell Savage has been down, and he's actually come back and played better this year. So do you think that this team looks to the eyeball test to be a top-10 defense, even though scoring-wise it'll tell you that, yes, they are? That's the question. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Mark Schofield of SB Nation is going to join us. We're going to start talking some more NFL around the entire NFL. Got a lot of questions. If you got a question regarding the NFL, we'll ask Mark about it as well. But a lot of good stuff coming up this weekend. We are now rounding the turn and heading into the final third of the season as the games get underway beginning tomorrow night. And the guy, you got the Cowboys in Seattle going at it. So we're going to get into all of that coming up. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. By the way, Again, uh, for the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, I put it out on Facebook. Uh, I could even put the link over on Twitter uh, if you want to find it. But it's ichc.net slash donate, ichc.net slash donate. You can see a lot of it right there if you're watching on the live stream, ichc.net, and then go slash donate. More of the Bill Michael Show next. <laughs> 